Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are the Guys in Shorts Kings show. We've missed Kings hockey, so we decided to jump into the studio and go over some of the recent team happenings. Since last we spoke, Pearson decided to stay in L.A., Bishop is no longer King, and we have some new faces in the organization. So, let's get to it. I am Dennis Wilson. That is James Whitlock. Summer, summer, summertime. Jordan God Heckman. damn it. I've, I'm up to, uh, I think, 12 rounds of golf since nice. uh, the Kings season ended. Good job, good yeah. job. And we have a very special guest in the studio with us, the host of All the King's Men, Jesse Cohen. Did I do it right? There yeah, it is. Perfect. Good job, good job. Season pro. Welcome. Season pro. All right, all right. So, Jesse, yes, sir. how's it going, man? Good, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. So how'd, uh, how'd you get the gig as the official podcast of the Kings? How'd that come about? Uh, do you want the long version or the short version? We sure. got all kinds of time. What's all the long right. version? So long version is in 2007, uh, give or take, I was walking my dog and I had a Sony Ericsson flip phone because uh, I don't even think smartphones were on the market yet. Were they? Mm, if they were, I they were so. right there. So I had a, a flip phone that was also an MP3 player. It had the big speakers on the side? No, no. It no. was just a regular... It just happened to be the first uh, flip phone that was also an MP3 player. I shouldn't say first. I don't, I'm not a tech head. I don't know. But it was, as far as I'm concerned, Go the first... It. The first flip phone that was also an MP3 player. So I would walk my dog and I would load music on it. And then at some point I was like, I'm tired of hearing the same 12 songs over and over and over again. <laughs> um, so, and I think I had an iPad mini, but whatever. Um, so then I discovered that you could load uh, Pardon the Interruption and Around the Horn on as an MP3. Okay. So I would load that up and that would give me about 40 minutes of stuff to listen to when I walk the dog. But I started walking longer and longer. I'd take him to the park. I wound up being out for like an hour and a half, two hours at a time, and I would run out of things to listen to. So I thought, well, these podcasts exist. Let me look for podcasts about things that I'm interested in. And the Kings were one of those things. I've been a season ticket holder since, I don't know, 1980-something. My dad and I. Oh, wow. I mean, I grew up going to the games with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked and, and uh, found one. Um, King's cast run by uh, Chris Kalzuski and uh, and oh my god uh, I can't believe it Keith <laughs> Keith Cornelock sorry Keith mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and um, you know I thought those guys did a great job but it wasn't necessarily what I was looking for so I went online uh, I don't know if any of you were ever members of Let's Go Kings dot com yeah. the, me the message board so I went on Let's Go Kings and I said hey everybody is this the only Kings podcast there is? Like, how can it be that I want to listen to something and it's not out there? Because nobody on radio, you know, like I couldn't get the MP3, I couldn't get the podcast of Petros and Money or, 
you know, mm. or the Loose Cannons or anybody that right. was on the radio, none of them were talking about the Kings. Or if they did, it was five minutes and it was just jokes about, oh, it's fighting at the hockey game. Yeah. So somebody said, well, if you're such a smart guy, why don't you make your own podcast? And I had no idea. I didn't know what would even go into making a podcast. I just knew what I wanted to listen to. So by the end of the day, I had a couple of messages from people saying, this is a great idea. I'd love to partner with you. So it wound up being me and Matt Murray, who worked at the Press-Telegram at the time, uh, the Long Beach Press-Telegram for everybody not, yeah, in, not right. in this room who's from Long Beach. Um, so he had a credential to cover the games, and he was already covering the games, and he already had a blog, oh, nice. Life in Hockeywood. So, and it turned out he lived five minutes away from me. I had no idea. We were both Long Beach natives. So it was real convenient. So he and I partnered up and started covering the team back in 2007. Uh Flash forward to no, not gonna flash forward yet. We uh, we wound up becoming um, AM five seventy. Uh, didn't do a Kings podcast, but they wanted a Kings podcast, so they just huh. used ours oh, nice. on their site. And then Fox Sports Radio got in touch with us and said, if you can format your show to fit an hour of broadcast time, we'd use you on our internet feed while we're broadcasting football games on TV. Because we don't have the right to broadcast the football games online, we'll interrupt our online broadcasting and just run your show. Wow. At the same time. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I said. Where do I sign? <laughs> so that fell through and never happened. But that sort of got me thinking of like, okay, there's clearly potential in in this market, right? Like, you know, my... God bless her heart. My mom would always say, well, why don't you move to Canada and do a show about a Canadian team? And I was like, because the Toronto Maple Leafs don't need a podcast, right? Like yeah. their TV, their radio, their newspapers is 24-7 coverage. It only yeah. works in L.A. because they're not only L.A., but this is only going to work in those type of markets. Right. Yeah, and sure. and also, I happen to be a, a 20-plus year Kings fan, so yeah, I can't. That helps. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to move to Atlanta and be like, well, the Thrashers have a long, strong history. Right. And then happen. there's that guy, Jeff Wilson, who loves Canada, and he, oh, did yeah. a, he yeah. was going to do a show anyway. <laughs> right. So <laughs> so, so I got thinking, okay, the, the podcast has potential. Um, the problem then was in 2012, 2011, um, at the beginning of the year, uh, my dad, who had since remarried and had two little girls, um, and I was an only child before they were born, so I, you know, they're... 19 and 27 years younger than me. Mm. Um, and right, like uh, I just adore them. So I would spend a lot of time driving up because they lived in the San Fernando Valley. So I'd drive up to see them all the time. Anyway, beginning of 2011, he says, we're moving to South Carolina at the end of the year. Mm. So that's a huge blow for me personally. Like he and I have been going to the games for 20 years. Yeah. I'm not going to see my sisters anymore. It's a huge adjustment. And then the team just starts to go in the tank. And they're just awful, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys all remember. Mm -hmm. They yeah, got yeah. Mike Richards, and it's like, oh, they're contenders now. And then, no, they're not. They fire the coach. Right. In the meantime, like every time something happens uh, with the team, my dad's like, well, this is why I'm moving. And, you know, <laughs> like, oh, and it's just like the dagger. It's like body shots yeah, all year long. He's just turning like, the knife. And yeah. You're and and you know, the thing with Fox Radio didn't ever materialize with the podcast. And I was just like, okay, I've been doing this for five years. All my friends are telling me that this is a waste of time. This is stupid. You know, spend your time. But you love it. Well, so I, I told my partner, uh, Matt Murray, that I didn't want to do it anymore. I uh -huh. said, I just can't. This is just too painful. We're just running the same hamster wheel. And I just don't want to deal with it. So we stopped doing it. And after about two months, I realized I 
I loved it too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you missed it, right? Yeah, but I knew that I didn't want it to be the same hamster wheel. So uh, I started looking for different partners, different places to land. And I don't know how involved any of you guys were with the internet at the time, but at the time there were like anywhere between a, a dozen to two dozen different Kings blogs. There was Jewels from the Crown. There was mm-hmm. Kings Kool-Aid. There was Surly and Scribe, The Mayor, The Royal Half. Um, I know I'm leaving a bunch out. Uh, Make Way for the Kings, The King's Court, uh, Waving Back at Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had a bookmark on my laptop that was just like – there was just so many different blogs. And my idea was always to do what I would call super blog, where I was like, why don't we're all fighting for the same audience? Why don't we just make one blog and have it be Surly and Scribe Saturday and the Mayor Monday and the Royal Half Tuesday? And like, what's the point oh, of, yeah, yeah. of everybody fighting for the same market? Nobody wanted to, to cede editorial control. Yeah. Of course not. <laughs> um, yeah. And they were all writing, everybody had their own thing that they focused on, their own style. And I was the only one who was doing audio. So I chose to partner with the Royal Half mainly from one post that he did that made fun of Surly and Scribe uh-huh. and Quisp. Okay. And it was them fighting. He took <laughs> – so dumb. But it, it just makes me laugh to this day. It's still on YouTube. You can find it. It was when Drew Doughty was, was negotiating a new contract. Mm-hmm. And the phrase, there's a deal in principle – and one of the guys in Shirley and Scribe, who I would have previously said only nice things about, but for whatever reason, he's decided we're not friends anymore. So sorry, oh. sorry, Bobby, if you're listening to this. It's a blogging beef. But anyway, <laughs> he, he's, he's a lawyer and a very good one. And I don't know what Chris does for a living, but the two of them got into this protracted online comment war about what does it mean for the phrase uh, deal uh, principle, uh, yeah, yeah. deal in principle. And it was just the most boring, ridiculous, you know, internet dick-waving contest. <laughs> and the half took both of their sides and just fed it into one of those programs where it animates a conversation. Oh, and yeah, totally, yeah. totally oh, yeah. monotone, dead robot. So you can go watch. And it's just like, it's the funniest. I mean, it, it's, it was, to me, it was hilarious. So I was like, all right, this guy gets it. He's, he's hysterical. He's funny. He's been a fan just as long as I am. He's got the same callback the same you know ridiculous encyclopedic uh memory so we paired up in 2000 in february of 2012 kings go on a run um you know we keep doing it keep doing it when we get popular um then he was contracted by the kings to write some of their pre-game columns for the website and he had you know a pretty solid formula that it was like best player from this team best player from you know it's it's like a real right. simple template, layout, and, yeah. and it was really funny. And then at the end of the 14 season, uh, the people running the King's social media department and digital media department had always wanted a podcast. They had experimented with different, you know, I think I think John Rosen tried to do one. I think Chris Kalzuski or not, that's the um, – Mike Kalinowski had one. They, they podcasted the call-in show after the games with Nick and Daryl. I mean, they had tried multiple formats, and for whatever reason, none of them took – and they were in the market, and they found me. I mean, I was out there. I had a relationship with the Royal Half. So they brought me on in 2014-15, and we've been doing it ever since. So that's the history. long version. The so, very long version. Yeah, probably. It's good, though. Glad yeah. we got it. No, I, I've always been a, a fan of the Royal Half. He's He's got some really funny stuff. So He's a funny guy. And a, yeah. and more importantly, a nice guy. I mean, he... he he get, he can gain the reputation as being a troll, right? Because that's what he does. I mean, he does but it by choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
But but I mean, it's it comes from the the right place. If trolling can ever come from the right place, well, he loves the team. And just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So very cool. Very cool. All right. So getting on to uh, the the happenings. Mm-hmm. The haps. What's the, the haps? Dennis? What's the haps? Uh, Pearson signed. Yeah, we uh, missed that by a day. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> signed, but the. The day after we recorded, we recorded, and then like the the day we posted or something like that, we barely missed it. But yeah. so I hope our numbers are off. Yeah, um, yeah. So bet update. Um, James is effed because <laughs> he went high, right? Am yeah. I really? Yeah, well, I, I think decided so. to go above you just for the hell of it, but that's yeah. fine. What what do I have to do? With I, shotgun? Yeah, I, I fine. More yeah, beer. I think so. Yeah. All right. What happens? Yeah. So what did he sign for again? It was three uh, three point seven five. Nice. Uh, for what for four years, right? Yeah, I think that is a great contract. I think that's exactly what we needed to do. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, three years and it'll play. It'll play out in in what we're paying in the market right now. So I mean, he'll get another contract and it'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll definitely. He is taken care of. Now we got one more to sign. Yeah, got to get to Foley in there. Any any stabs of what he's going to get? I say the first year is uh, hopefully it's less than six million because yeah. then James loses. <laughs> I know. Is it really good enough for me to win just to uh, if he pulls six million his first year? <laughs> I think not. No, I I um I think he gets more than Pearson. Yeah, um, I mean, I think everyone saw that coming. So we're we're looking at if that's the market right now, we're looking at four and a half five. I would say in the five range. He's got what one one year. Scoring thirty goals, yeah, and a little bit of a down year for him. Injuries, had a down year. He was injured though. So down year, yeah. but um, he was. I mean, I think. I think one thing that uh, they're going to take into account is he was. Uh, he was one of my thirty goal scorers. So, I mean, they're going to. I think that's going to play into his contract, and he's going to get thirty this year. Obviously, I was off by a year, so he'll get thirty this year, and, so does, and they know that. So, does to fully owe you if he signs a big contract? No, I mean, okay. I mean, it's just right. uh, Blake's just probably listening to the show and he hears and he knows <laughs> that the thirty's coming, so we'll pay for it. Your okay. confidence is amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Though, <laughs> to be clear, you guys don't think that he's going to score thirty goals this year? No, no, I, I think he is. Oh okay. yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So I, we had bold predictions last year, uh-huh. and one of my bold predictions was, and it, and it hasn't happened um, in like the recent Kings history, but three players scoring thirty goals. It was it was strong. Hey, yeah, that, that's that why they're bold. bold that's why they're bold. <laughs> and um, and it was mostly I was pulling from the seventies line. But mm-hmm. I think you know I'm going to go on record this year and say bold prediction. I was off a year. It's happening this year. Three players, thirty goals. Watch it happen. You also right. wanted Brown to be a defenseman, but yeah, we'll get into that too. That's good. <laughs> I just saw Greg today, and I said, "You want to talk about anything on the show?" He's like. Ask him what they think about Brown doing this year. I'm like, well, we can talk to Vegas about that. <laughs> all right. So good news all around on that one. So the other the other bit of uh, trade news was that Bishop got – or the rights to Bishop got traded away to mm-hmm. Dallas, right? Yep. Smart move. And then they signed Fourth him. round in hand is better than nothing at all. Yeah. But they got something for 
Nothing, they were going to get nothing for him anyway because yeah. he was going to go. They weren't going to sign him. So now Dallas is overpaying for goalies. How about Dallas? Jesus. 10 million plus? 15.3 million plus. Uh, it's over 20% of the current salary cap, which is, they, I think, hey, Everything's million. bigger in Texas, though. Yeah. Including, <laughs> including goalie salary. Now they've got a six foot nine goalie. It totally makes sense. And a, and a six foot nine uh, salary cap for goalies. Well, they they better be praying that Vegas is taking a goalie because that is ridiculous. I I wouldn't take him at six million. Well, the matter well, of no, the fact I'm is one of their goalies is that probably three teams are going to be short a backup goalie and they're going to need some sort of goalie. So even if Vegas doesn't take him, I think they can make some sort of trade after the expansion draft for. They're going to uh, give up a lot to get one of those contracts off their books. Oh, though, for I think. sure. Because Lettinen and Niemi are not what they used to be. So, mm. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, back to Kings. Back to the Kings. <laughs> Jesse, can you believe this crap? Hey, man. You know, there, as far as I'm concerned, there hasn't been a lot to talk about the Kings since April. So. <laughs> well, here's, we make stuff up, so why get ready for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's a good one. Uh, there's still rumors floating around about Voinov coming back. Yeah, it's kind of reared its its head again since we that's heard ugly it head. before the end of the season, though. Yeah, there was. Uh, it well, I think was, it's uh, I think it's Hoven yeah. bringing it back again. So. But I, have have we changed our opinions at all? Like, because I we uh, officially have not. You know, it's he's twenty seven years old. He's a young defenseman. He's playing. He's still playing. He's still strong. But not not that it's going to make a difference for me. But I would like to hear his side of the story. It's only fair. Well, his side of the story is she fell down the stairs. Well, no, no, I mean not that, but like how <laughs> he would react to the situation because he kind of left L.A. like. You know, he what was it called? Forcible? No, it was, it was, uh, uh, he left on his own. Yeah, which then gave him the opportunity to come back. But which even, I thought was the opposite when it happened. Well, but even if he true. comes back, the league's got something to say about it. The, I mean, there's still probably a suspension lingering. There's probably there's probably a lot of stuff he has to do to be able to actually get on the ice again. Oh yeah, well for he sure. wasn't able to play in a so, tournament because he, yeah, he's not the playing said game no. one. I guarantee you. So. No, no. He comes back. It's a long haul before he sees game ice. Yeah. So is right. it is it worth going through all that for the team? No, hell no. Hell no. I think it's just alone. It's just going to be a PR nightmare. Yeah, it's just not worth it. But and you know what? He's a great player. Sure miss. Sure miss his play. Absolutely, yeah. he's a great player. Yeah. We do miss that on the team. But you know what? You can find that other places and not have to deal with all the bullshit. Ideally. So that's my take. Who who out there? And you know what? Live in a fucking one story, dude. <laughs> so there's no stairs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't that give it like uh, never mind. Uh, I've uh, driven by his house. It's actually pretty nice. Is or it? his old house, yeah. M- my main concern is, you know, it's a question of are you like, as a franchise, are you moving forward or are you looking to patch Band-Aids? And as important as I think as it, it was to the team when they lost him, um, it's been three years. It's old news, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the team isn't hurting for defense. No. And he comes, if he does come back, he comes with not only the PR nightmare, not only the moral question of what kind of franchise do you run but also with a huge cap hit so bringing him in to a team that's already strapped for cap space was he like six million or something it's, like I think it's closer to four foreign change um 
I don't know what the status. I mean, he might be a Kovalchuk situation where he'd have to, you know, his old contract is voided. He'd have to sign a new one. But I mean, he's not going to be as much as Paul Ledoux is going to cost. Mm-hmm. Good point. And yeah. you've already got Martinez, Muzzin, McNabb, Dowdy, Gravel, Forbert. Matt Green is still a question mark. I mean, so bringing him in means losing one, possibly two players. And like I said, I'd just rather the team move forward. Although, as I said, I think I've said as I said three times now. Um, <laughs> You're saying a lot. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I think the franchise never got the appropriate. God, I don't want to use the word sympathy and apply it to a situation with Voinov, but I don't think the franchise was Closure, given... Closure, maybe? Well, I don't think the franchise was given enough credit for surviving what happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because everyone was in a rush to make comments on the player and the right. situation and the... And, right. Right, and that. And so everybody just said, like, well, they should be able to rebound. But they had already lost Willie Mitchell. And then what happened to Voinov was unprecedented in the history of the sport. Yeah. Like, no player has been suspended with pay and having their salary cap right. impact the team. So you lost your entire second pair um, in a year where you were trying to elevate Muzzin from a rookie to a regular contributor. And you didn't get long-term IR relief on your cap hit. You didn't get a prospect by trading right. him. You didn't eat yeah. just, it's just, hey, there. these plans that you've been making for three or four years, like, piff. We're going to punch a hole in your roster. And then, unfortunately, with the Mike Richards situation, they had already – contracted themselves into a corner as far as flexibility and the Voinov thing just mm. just yeah you know handcuffed them to the radiator in that corner they had painted themselves into yeah you can't plan for that and you just have to deal with it you got to write it out yeah and that's why I don't you know I understand why Lombardi and Sutter were fired but that's why I never bl- that's why I never took a really critical view of the franchise or the management decisions because I saw that the decision to bring in Sakara, in retrospect, yeah, it was a first round pick for a rental who winds up leaving at the end of the year, and that's and wound up getting hurt. Yeah, and it's no, it's it's rough, right? Yeah. But you look at them and you go, okay, I think everybody would agree if they had made the playoffs that year, they're still a contender. Yeah, they, they miss it, and that's unfortunate. Then the next year, they make the playoffs again with everybody having you know career years and two guys winning awards in the you know postseason and record number of points or something like that. So. Again, I, to, for me, the Voinov thing, I'm not interested in the future, but I do think the past maybe needs to be, pardon me, <clears throat> yeah, uh, appropriately gauged, but whatever. No, it's true. It's true. And, and, and to bounce back like that the following year... That's huge. Yeah, that's I huge. mean, as it turns out, that was also a bad trade. That was, I mean, there <laughs> was a Luchis, fighting but, year. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, whatever. They could have, they, I, if they had beaten the Sharks, maybe it'd play. I good. talked about that the entire, <laughs> the entire season. I was but not to be a fair, fan. according to Cam Newton, hindsight's 50 50. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll likely see the, the effects of losing King, too, right? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Losing yeah, because we're gonna like lose crazy. material. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna like lose your, your guy. I know. To hate. I don't have a guy to hate, really. Yeah, we'll find someone. For uh, you. I know. Yeah. Thank you. So okay. So, Wait, so Jesse, what was your th- what was your take on King? I, I love Dwight King. Did you really? I do, uh, and I'll tell you why. Please. Oh, this is gonna be good. Help me. Um, I don't care about goals. As as like a whole, like I don't put. I mean, something I don't care about them. I don't put the I don't put the premium on them that the rest of the world does. Jordan School hockey. You need goals to win games. <laughs> Turns out that's not true. <laughs> More goals um, on the other team, though. Exactly. I mean, yeah. No, but I mean, I saw an article today that was like, oh, no, Sidney Crosby doesn't score goals in the NHL final. What's wrong with Sidney Crosby? And I thought, the dude's been to four NHL finals? 
There's nothing wrong with Sidney Crosby. Like every time I'm I'm watching him play, Jake, he's kind of a dick. But Jake, I mean, but Jake too much Geisel press, but. and Connor Sheary and guys that like literally earlier this year, I found myself saying, "Who is Jake Geisel?" Like Jake Geisel's out there, it, yeah. Yeah, because Crosby's center. Like that goal he scored the other night, Crosby's in the pivot, setting everything up, right, drawing two defenders. And yes, the five foot eleven, hundred and sixty pound guy can zoom in and pop a goal in. But the, but the league is full of, I mean, the history of the league is full of Rob Browns or Warren Reichels or or Jonathan Chichus who found themselves on the wing of an elite center, scored 50 goals or 12 goals in 13 games or whatever it is, and then are never heard from again because hockey's not won by high-talented, high-goal-scoring wingers. That's just not ever how the Stanley Cup has been won. But we live in a world where there's 82 regular season games where Alexander Ovechkin is routinely crowned the king of the league. And then everybody says, well, I don't understand why he never makes it out of the second round. It's because you're going to do better with five Dwight Kings and, you know, five Tyler Toffoli's than you are with 10 Tyler Toffoli's. Oh, that's like $11 million, though. Jesus. Five Dwight Kings on the team. They won the Stanley Cup twice with Dwight King, Trevor Lewis, Kyle Clifford, Jordan Nolan, Jarrett Stoll, and a list of other guys. Yes, that, all of them, but Dwight King. No, but everybody. But my point is, everybody's got one of those guys where they go. That's true. That's boo, true. Boo hoo! What does this guy do for you? And it's like, well, when placed in the proper position and when used properly, he'll win you the Stanley Cup. That's what'll do. Twenty twelve. They had Nolan and and King. They were the one. They were the spark. They made it happen. I didn't get I didn't get Lewis until I saw his black and white, and then I started watching it. I got him now. Like I understand him. I wish they would have done black and white. Dark King, get me on board with that. <laughs> I, I can't I can't place the stat, but somebody point somebody there was a stat rolling around for years. It was like he wins ninety five percent of his board battles. Yeah, it was something oh, really wow. ridiculous. Something absurd high. like that. And then, but when you're watching a telecast, they don't give you the board battle stats, but they'll give you the face off stats. And so a guy who wins 51% of his face offs will be lauded. Never mind that in any given game, there's probably 30 face offs that that guy will take. Like on a good night, Jarrett Stoll will go 20 of four, you know, of 35 or something like that. And you go, oh, he killed it in the faceoffs, but that's one puck battle. Right. Meanwhile, Dwight King will go into the corner a hundred times a night, come out with the puck eighty to ninety times, Give feed it, it to Kopitar. <laughs> the point is, like on the whole, he'll do more things that I aren't just recorded and aren't giving up the puck. And that kills me because it's like between him and Brown, we're just feeding the puck to the neutral zone, and uh, and plays happen because of that. And then you gotta you gotta look at those like, wow, if we didn't give up that puck. We didn't get that battle in the in our defensive zone. Then, you know, we're not fighting for it for three more minutes. So that's that's where I saw a lot of, yeah. that, and that's that's what really I, I had a problem with is like we've got to maintain the puck more and not not make it easy for other teams. If we just don't beat ourselves, I think we we definitely have more time in the offensive zone. We always have more shots on goal, and we win more games. So that that's my thing. So. Um, so that, you know, that kind of brought me to, I was like thinking about a show you just did where you're talking about rule changes. Mm -hmm. Can we go there? We can go there right now. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm now I'm, I'm like all hot on <laughs> scoring goals and how it's happening in NHL. And, and we, we were having a talk before we started that, uh, that led to uh cross ice uh, pass feeding to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so Jess, you did a, uh, a show with your, your dad. 
mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago where you, and you guys kind of talked about rule changes that you'd like to see happen. So can you kind of sell us on these rule changes? I can do my best. Um, I won't, I don't know. We don't, we don't buy much. So yeah. have to work so, <laughs> it, it comes down to when I was growing up, my dad explained the game to me like this. He said, there's two reasons that any rule in the NHL exist. One is to keep people from getting hurt. That's all the penalties, right? Like, yeah. uh, th- there's the obvious one, right? That's the penalties. Then there's like, why can't you kick the puck in the net? Well, you don't want guys swinging their feet around. You know, razor blades on yeah. their feet. And you say like, well, why can't you knock the puck down out of the air to score a goal? Well, you don't want sticks flying up around people's faces. So you can sort of like Those reverse engineer yeah. any rule. To, to And the other reason is to keep skill in the game, to promote skill. And for me personally, the skill of hockey isn't isn't uh, showcased during the shootout. I'm fine if a guy can stick handle in a phone booth. I'm fine if a guy can undress a goalie with you know 13 deeks in two feet of space of ice. But the amount of time that that actually occurs in gameplay is really limited. And if I want that kind of skill, there's a million other places I can get it. The reason I like hockey and the reason that I like team sports, contact team sports, is that you can play defense and you can prevent your opponent from scoring. And, and that's where the drama of the, of the game comes from. So in hockey, you have, the, you have three lines. You can't pass across two lines and you can't go offside. And the whole purpose of that is to prevent these plays where... Like in basketball, a guy lobs the ball the length of the court to the one guy who didn't get back on defense, and he just scores an un right, you know, an un- uncontested basket. It's a wasted play. It's bo- to me, it's boring. I understand that I'm maybe in the minority on this, but when I watch hockey and I see the Ottawa Senators and I see three goals in two games where Eric Carlson is standing at his own goal line, hoist the puck over nine other players or eight other players. To a guy streaking out of the zone again, not right paying attention to defense, and he's already at full speed before the you know defending team has a chance to turn around, and then he goes in on a breakaway, and that's lauded as a skill. I, for me, I'm not interested in watching that game, and I get it. I'm almost forty <laughs> at this point. I've watched plenty of hockey. They've got my money. They don't care, but. For me, I would rather have an, I'd rather have the neutral zone back. I'd rather have that element of the game back. There's not as much neutral zone play, and I understand they tried they tried to kill the trap and they tried to kill defense. And again, they're trying to promote offense. But for me, yeah. I don't I don't care as much about goals. I'm more interested in the play. So my solution to this problem was if they want to have this <laughs> this style of hockey and uh, get away from the just soul killing video reviews on these offside plays, and we oh, just God, yeah. we saw it in game one, right? That that PK yeah. Subban goal that called back. Yeah. What a garbage moment! I yeah. mean, first of all, I don't care if he was offside. He didn't score until 15 seconds later, and hit, and he was offside by like a micrometer. Like I, that, that's what bugs me the most. It, it doesn't like that offsides doesn't necessarily reflect on that play, right? Directly, but yet you're gonna call it. It's it's like if. I don't know. It, there, there's a reason why in in football, it's like if you hit someone in the back, 
you know, 15, 20 yards behind the play, they, they don't count it because who cares? Right. So, I don't know. Well, and you and you made a point, or someone made a point on your show, like, uh, about when someone's trying to exit the zone. Yeah. And their momentum's carrying them so far back that they're not even uh, – uh, uh, they're not even going to make an effect on the play in the first place. You know, it's going to take them time just to get around. Yep. That they're going to be probably the last guy in the zone. You know, as it plays out, but you're still going to call that off. Like I think that's that's a negative to the team, and you don't need to call that. So I do agree with you on that point. Well, and we took it to an absurd level earlier in the year. There was some Kings goal that called back, and we were like, why why have we arbitrarily decided that when the puck clears the zone, we we reset everything? If I go offside. Buzz around in the offensive zone for 45 seconds, and the puck comes back down. Their team buzzes around 45 seconds, and then we go back down and score. Why can't they call a review? Because I was offside two minutes ago. The ref just missed it. Like, right? Like right. you can just logically take this yeah. stupid rule as far as you want. So for me, that was the problem, and and for me personally, the flipping was a problem. So my solution was uh, put the red line back in for purposes of of two line passes. Mm-hmm. And just let's get rid of offside. And then that way you can make your lob pass from the goal line to the red line, just not to the Can't blue cross line. It, yeah. And then after you've hit the red line, man, go sick. Do whatever you want. And Because how many times are we going to really get called, you know, like offside calls at the red line? I just don't see it. You know, and I was listening to that, and then I saw the um, – the roundtable that they had uh, for one of the things they did for NHL 100, and Gretzky was talking about some of the old arenas yeah. that they had, and that the arenas were actually different sizes, yeah. and the neutral zone was smaller. Huh. Um, so to be able to win some of those battles, you know, with the rules they had, were you know, it took a lot more skill, and um, and so it's it's almost like by by doing some of the things that they've done to modernize the game, that they've taken away some of the skill that. Uh, yeah, that they were talking about, and it, it kind of played to your your ideas of the rule changes. Is that listen, you guys are you guys are going about it somewhat the wrong way and trying to force these things to that, happen. That's ultimately my main contention. Is that you know, and look, there's an element of this that wants the game to just go back to the way it was when I was 13. So <laughs> I cop to that. But my whole life, or not my whole life, since Gary Bettman was hired. And I don't want to make this about Batman because I actually think he does a really good job on the whole. But they've tried to grow the game. And their solution to growing the game has been put it in more markets because that will ipso facto create new fans. And so bravo for them. They've done that. And then the other half has been how do we increase scoring? And nothing they've done has been proven to actually increase right. scoring. But they never they never undo any of the changes yeah, they made. Yeah. Right? They don't say like, well, <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, the trapezoid has been a <laughs> right a, a total disaster. Right. Like, let's get rid of that. <laughs> they never say like the puck over the glass penalty. Everybody hates it. Nobody thinks it's great. Like, let's why, get rid uh, of that. Why admit you were wrong though? Yeah, it's true. But but I mean that's that's life, right? Yeah, like nobody ever just says, well, we did this to affect this change and it didn't work, so we're gonna un. We're going to back up and try again. They just go, oh, well, no, no. now we're going to make the nets bigger. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about or, it. Now, or now we're going to make this a penalty when it didn't used to be a penalty. So my real issue is let's just – It was a, it's a great game. Like as far as I'm concerned, the game doesn't need fixing. Um, even the things that I would change, if they don't, like I'm not going to stop watching. Um, so ultimately I just say quit trying to, as you said, quit trying to force an outcome. And just let it happen. And the, and the reality is if you really want more goal scoring, there's a really simple solution that nobody will ever accept. And that is go rewind the clock even further back 
and have the playoffs decided by aggregate goals, not games won. Mm-hmm. That's how you get more scoring. Yeah. Like that's that's your solution. Yeah. But nobody will go for that. <laughs> Never so. happened. Well, you'd also keep doing what they're doing, which I don't know why they haven't just gone whole hog on it and just make goalie pads even smaller. Well, they're yeah, doing that. That's, that's going to come. Slowly. They it's did make so the pants tighter. James is really excited about that. <laughs> he, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I know they made the, the goalie pads shorter a few years back, but, I mean, it didn't affect every goalie. Quick has always used pads. That's right. That, that yeah, it's not going to affect quick. Yeah. So we're I mean, good. I think it affected Jones by like an inch or something like that. So like, it's not that big of a difference. So like, look at like when Kelly Rudy played. Look at the size of his pads. I mean, how the hell can you stop much of anything with pads that size? So, like, why not go back to something like that? It's not like it's a dangerous thing. They're going to change the pad size. But They're going to change the, the size. That's the argument, of, though, is it becomes a player safety thing. It's, and, but it's not a safety thing. And the union's going to, you know, do what the players want, and they're going to want to fight for bigger I, I'm, I'm going to call assume. bullshit on the, the safety thing because they are doing amazing things with materials now to make them, yeah. like, thinner, lighter, and more protective right. than they used and to be. And look what so. they did 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right, it was still a puck, yep. but you know, and there wasn't people getting killed on the ice. Well, the game is a hell of a lot faster now. But I yeah. mean, some people did die in the ice, but yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> My problem is, at some level, and we talked about this a little bit briefly before we started recording. We were watching the basketball game, and I said, you know, you introduce the three-point line. At some point, no matter how, you know, it's, people will be resistant. It might take 30 years like it has in the NBA. But at some point, somebody's going to realize that you fundamentally change things, and they'll just react to it. And and this year for me was has sort of turned how I think about goaltending on and defense on its head. Because the Kings played 60 games with an AHL goalie mm-hmm. and finished fifth in the league in goals against. Right. So at some point, no matter what rules the league tries to institute, no matter what they move the red line out, they move the you know they grow the shrink shrink the neutral zone, they grow the neutral zone, they brought the goal line a couple feet off the boards or moved it towards the boards, thinking or no, they moved it out, thinking that whoa, we'll right. give people more room to play like Gretzky. Turns out, nope, didn't work. So they moved it back. So nobody plays like Gretzky. Point yeah. is, <laughs> point is, there's now there's 31 teams. And every one of the coaches and scouting staff on those teams understands that making the playoffs is an extra million or two dollars in revenue for their team. It almost doesn't matter how you do in the playoffs. You want to keep your job. You want to generate revenue for your team. And the easiest, simplest way to do that is to institute defense, whether it's the left wing lock, the neutral zone trap, the Kings playing five feet away from Budai all season long. Like mm-hmm. Teams... The more money that gets generated by a team, the more valuable, stifling, boring, soul-crushing defense becomes. Right. There's no way around that, like yeah. I said, unless you adopt a winning model that involves how many points you score. Yeah. And we're not prepared to do that. So Never going to happen. Yeah, so I just yeah. say, I just <laughs> throw my arms up and go, that's life. And and we're it's a 3-2 league, and it probably always will be. And we mm-hmm. we should probably just get used to that rather than trying to... Trick, tweak it, just <laughs> yeah, like three on three. I mean, you saw it with three on three. That was the fastest application of this principle I can think of. Mm-hmm. The first month of three on three was amazing, and then really quickly, teams were like, "Well, we can't have any more of that. <laughs> we got we to figure out how to slow this down." And if you're a team like the Kings, you know, who have so much talent that it's sort of unbeatable, then you're great. But if you're the other twenty five teams in the league, they can't roll. Is that out. why we think three on three is so good? 
because we are so good at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, imagine if they were. What's their record in three on three games? It's like twenty six and five. Yeah, yeah. They, ridiculous. Imagine yeah, it was the reverse games. of that. Yeah, you'd hate five on or three on three. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the worst thing ever. It's so. kind of our thing. Yeah, I always thought like a a, a while ago, like if you want to increase scoring, take away five skaters, make it four, because four on four is a lot more exciting than five on five. Until the coaching staff sorts it out, though. Well, you always have that. Well, then I guess you probably just run two, two, a forward at the point as well. But like soccer is a maybe yeah. just two don't tell them how many skaters that they're gonna have that night until like ten minutes before the game. There you go. You only get two tonight. <laughs> but, but soccer has eleven dudes on a side, and the goal is ginormous, twenty times the size of a human body. I mean, probably more than that, right? Like. You watch soccer and you're like, how is the score not 20 to 15? Because right, field's yeah. too big. Well, no, it's because the game's been around 100 years and every team that is wants to be taken seriously and be competitive has learned how to shut down what, you know, however it is that you score in soccer. Like, you go and watch a bunch of seven-year-olds running around. It's not a one-to-nothing game. Yeah. Yeah. Because they all just, like, <laughs> gather around the ball and chase it. Right. My, but, my son scores, like, five goals a game, but in his own net. Right. So. <laughs> Good job, Johnny. Can you play for the Sharks? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my rant about defense. Well, nonetheless, we are pretty good at it. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's how we played. And, and uh, um, outlooks for this year, I think, so far, we're looking pretty good. Guys, are we excited? I'm excited. Yeah, always. It's, it's it's rainbows and butterflies right now, so you might as well get excited because uh, we got we got a whole new a whole new outlook on life. Uh, I'm, I mean, look, obviously, I'm literally paid to be excited, so, <laughs> um, but I am not tonight. That's true. <laughs> well. <laughs> but it's I mean, a salary, so you know, it's, he's, he's always on the clock. But. Between the coaching staff, the management staff, we've got a new play-by-play announcer. We've got there's going to be new players. I mean, it really, it is the beginning of a new era in Kings hockey. How successful it'll be, you know, that's part of the excitement is waiting to find out whether or not it works. But uh, I mean, it literally is a new era. If, so putting in a guy that's 20 years old, who literally has the same amount of years on this on this world <laughs> as Jim Fox has in the booth. 28. Right? 28. Um, and, and all the things that are happening, bringing Rob Blake in, mm-hmm. um, are we seeing like an insurgence of, of bringing in like a new audience, a younger audience, and really kind of uh, and building up our, our uh, viewership and, and our fan base? Do you think that, that translates? Um. I don't think it hurts that effort, but I don't think that was the main. And I want to stress right now, I was not a part of the conversations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I found out that they hired Alex Faust at the same time everybody else did. I'm going to talk to him tomorrow for all the King's men. So what I'm about to say is entirely speculation of my own personal opinion. Um, When we found out that Bob was going to retire, I think it obviously caught everybody off guard. I think everybody... I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, but I think everybody figured it was a year or two down the road and they'd have time to prepare for it. Yeah. I saw him the night before. As did I. <laughs> like, we were talking and then it was yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. So when a guy like Bob Miller leaves, you have a decision to make. 
and you know I heard a lot of names from the fans, you know, from on the media, people speculating, and it was like, well, they're going to hire somebody from a different market. You know, I think the Dallas commentator, maybe the Sharks mm-hmm. commentator, people had said maybe they would come over. Ralph Strand just filled in. He had been the Dallas Stars guy for 25 years. There was talk that maybe he was going to stick around. There was talk that maybe they were going to promote Nick Nixon. And my gut feeling was always, just as a fan, P. Weber. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, would that be great? Right, I would have loved that because I love P. <laughs> oh Weber. But. But my feeling was always, as a fan, part of what makes Bob Miller cool is that he's done it forever, right? And that it's just an unbroken chain. And so my feeling was always, go young, right? I didn't know that they'd go 28. Right. But, <laughs> but I just said, go young and give somebody else a chance to build 44 years on the job, to build that identity. Right. And it won't take long, right? Like, after, you know... We'd made this comparison when David Courtney passed away, the PA announcer at the Kings games. We said, you know, it was a little bit like when Bugs Bunny changes voices or Ronald McDonald or the Honey Nut Cheerios B or like mm-hmm. you get these voices that you're just used to and all of a sudden it changes in that first week or so. You're like, well, that's it sounds like Bugs Bunny, but it's clearly not Mel Blanc. But after a year or two, you're just like, all right, well, this is what it that's is. just yeah. what it sounds like now. So whoever they go with, it was going to be fine. But then you start reading about this kid. And, you know, I try to explain this. I mentioned my little sisters earlier. I try to explain to them that, that the internet and smartphones and, and social media are like a wave. And if you were born uh, before the wave crested, there's no wrapping your mind around it. And if you were born after it crested, there's no way of conceiving of the world before, before without, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I have a 13-year-old sister, and I'm trying to explain to her that, you know— I didn't have Instagram going up. If I wanted to go see a movie with my friends, you just made a plan and then you just crossed your finger that everybody would show up. Yeah. yeah was right. clever enough to understand that this is the movie theater we're talking about. This is the time it starts. And this is the light pole we're all going to meet under. Yeah. Um, so just reading about this kid and you realize like, okay, this is, this kid clearly is born of that world and clearly understands it and is whip smart, super accomplished, I've you know heard his play-by-play tapes. He sounds great, and I think it was a really forward-thinking, really clever hire on the organization's part. And I understand I'm at some level a spokesperson for the organization, so I have to right. say no, that. But you're but... right; it is, it, and you have to. I think I think it was probably the wisest thing they could have done because yep. anybody else is going to put fifteen, twenty years to it and be done. But this guy's got uh, a hell of a resume. He kind of has a resume that looks like Bob Miller's. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like the guy didn't start in hockey, and just kind of got into it and and has done well with it. I think the fact that like his his story behind it, like he wasn't a guy that like went to college for uh, communication or anything like that. He he was he was literally working a nine to five job, taking vacation days, flying out to wherever. Company. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, being like a business. It's double major. Yeah. And um, he's taking days off from work and taking conference calls on the road just so he can go out and call games, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, whatever he do. He's doing it because he loves it. And I think that passion, that's what made Bob Miller so good at his job is he loves hockey. Yeah. And he loved the Kings. Well, and 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 I was reading that Luke was talking about it, and he was he was saying, you know, as we thought about this process, we kept coming back to this guy, and when you when you keep coming back in a decision to, like, well, you know, and then there's this guy, like it's it's your mind telling you that this just feels right, yeah. And uh, I want a guy that's passionate. 
I want sure. a guy that loves the game and is going to do it on his own dime if he has to, just to be part of it. Yeah. Kind of like the guys in shorts. So, <laughs> um, so no, I want I want that in, in my team. his own horn again. Uh, it's more for you, but uh, right. so I want that guy. Uh, to be able to follow because I'm going to get a lot more out of him when I'm listening to him um, talk me through the game. So I wasn't completely sold on him at first when we when I first heard the reel, I was like, okay, this guy he's a good announcer, but he sounds like a bunch of other announcers out there. But hearing his story, like it made me happy to that this is going to be the guy. Uh, knowing that part of his role, and this came from the Kings, is that he is going to be involved the way Bob Miller was involved. Nice. Uh, that like he's gonna be a uh, you know one on one with the fans like he forget the team your job is to be with the fans and that's awesome because that's how Bob was and then also that it wasn't just the Kings decision like he is a uh, Fox Sports West it was part of their decision yeah and also Fox Sports the big company and it was a unanimous decision between everybody that this is the guy yeah so to me that shows like hey this kid's got it because no one questioned it everybody's like nope it's him so I'm. I'm excited to, to see what he's going to do. I love it. I just swear to God, please don't pick up tweeners. Please, <laughs> please don't pick up tweeners. Uh, Foxy's still there, yeah, buddy. We got, we got Fox for that. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like you're in the booth. You kind of pick things up. Bob fought it. <laughs> Foss, I, I expect you to yeah, fight this. I, if Bob could have improved anyway, it would have been picking up tweeners more often. That's so, just my I'll opinion. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, listening, <laughs> I'm listening on, on Sirius to, to the games when I'm driving around. and uh, Wait, are you serious? Serious. Serious on serious? <laughs> and Foxy's on there, and I heard tweeters, and I'm like, they're not even playing, and you're saying tweeters. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's going to grow Fox, on you. Fox, I love you. But damn it's been it. 20 years. It's going to grow on you. That's <laughs> <laughs> not worked. Okay, so earlier we, we kind of talked about, like, Voinov was a whole is kind of like how it was viewed. Um, and then Jesse mentions, like, we are – we are set on defense. Like we don't need to worry about that. So more offseason moves. Like who are who are we trying to go after? Like I know James is all about getting Williams back. Is that still the case? I love Williams. I love Williams too. But Jesse, I don't know, what do you think I don't about know, Williams? I don't know if he's our guy, but I think we need a Williams type player. I don't Jesse, know who that is. I want to see Jesse's thoughts. Um the problem with finding a Williams type player. Is that I can only think of one. And Justin Williams. And it's Justin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, you referenced the roundtable. Uh huh. Um, I've probably mentioned this a few times on my podcast, but in 2013, I participated in the last version of the roundtable. Was that the big one? With the mayor and Dennis yeah, Bernstein yeah. and uh, Dave Joseph was that there. Was a and great Smith. thing. It was great. And there was a moment when uh, we were discussing Dustin Brown's contract. And I said I understood why he was about to get what he was about to get, but that I think thought it was an overpayment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he earned it, but I predicted that it would wind up being an overpayment. And uh, at one point, the mayor turned to me and said, money notwithstanding, if you could have both guys for the same length and the same amount of term, would you take Williams or Brown? And I said, Williams. And and literally everybody at the table laughed so hard right. that they were like, "All right, moving on. There's no more reason to discuss this insanity with this <laughs> with this crazy person." That they all laughed at. Well, if you look at the ne- the next three years of their co- of their careers, yeah. Williams goes on to win the Smythe Trophy and score basically 30 goals a year, and 
you know, God bless Dustin Brown's heart, but he struggled. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for bringing Justin Williams back. If they can fit in under the cap, absolutely. I say bring him back and promise him, you know, a lifetime job is whatever he wants in the organization. If it's coaching, I think if it's scouting. Can. And I think he would want to come back. Well, well that's the part stole. that's not clear. He left. Right. So, I don't know. I don't think Does he, he sees a come future back? with Washington. No well, not the way that they're no. they're going to be. <laughs> I mean, they're going to the break cap. up, and it's going to be a little nasty. And but he can. I mean, anywhere he goes, you know, he could go to Toronto. He could go to I'm trying to think of teams that almost made it, but they came up short. That'll have cap space. Um, he, I mean, he can write his own yeah. check at this point. He, he'll go somewhere. He'll be in high demand. I'd love to have him back. Yeah, I don't think he's going back to Washington just because they crushed his record. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Game Seven record. So right, yeah, Dicks. killed it. Yeah. So I love I, on on that note. Uh, they they were talking about the uh, the record that the that Anaheim had about Game Seven losses, and and Carlisle had a quick comeback. He's like, well, if you notice, none of those were under me. <laughs> and then they go on to get beat anyway, and I'm like, well, that one is, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes on about bitching about how, like, oh, well, we had to play a game in so many days on the other oh, team. Oh, I know. I yeah, know. So did the other team. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's called the fucking playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I do not buy into that at all. No. Like, you know what? You want more time? Win faster. A- anyone who's not a Ducks fan doesn't buy into that. True, true that. But yeah, yeah I, I just, <laughs> me, I, when I heard that, I'm like, Hayward's oh my up there, you know, rub God. his back. Yeah. yeah. Let me so, wipe your tears. Ugh. Anyway, I like this guy, uh, Joven Manis. I think uh, he's he's on the prospect list. And who? Joven Manis out of uh, Canada. He's the ten uh, year old goaltender. Oh, uh, uh, have <laughs> <laughs> as, as the L.A. Kings prospect. Uh, I was like, it's, it's pronounced Imama, but I mean, it's close. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's a good article. I was, I was like, who's this? Oh wait, he's literally a that. kid. He's tiny. The goal looks so big. <laughs> it's adorable. You said you wanted to increase scoring. There it's adorable, Joven. We I, look forward. I was to you, talking buddy. about making pads smaller, not goalies. <laughs> oh, my bad. I think there's an age restriction on 10-year-old goalies, too. Or yeah, just then. maybe little people only. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's got a future, though. We look forward to seeing you in 10 years. So does any th- anybody know anything about uh, Imama? Bokanji Imama? Is that he, how you pronounce it? He, so I, I tried to figure out if he had a dog. In, 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 <laughs> in, in, in anticipation of, uh, of Bark Madness. Right, right. Um, how, how do you fit in, buddy? Yeah. Uh, so, so I... Did a deep dive on his Instagram account because that's just usually the fastest way to find out if somebody has a dog. Cause mm-hmm. if they do, They're going to post, yeah. Yeah, it'll be tons of do dog you posts. want that competition for Emma, though? Uh, hey, man, I was Team Arlo this year. Oh, that's um, right. You were Arlo. And next year I'll be Team somebody else. Um, so couldn't find a dog, but uh, he is a chiseled human being. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Like that guy. Well, and the guy can fight. Yeah. Oh, really? And yeah. he looks like he's, you know, a 25-year-old MMA fighter. Like, he is just... He's not an ounce of body fat on his abs have abs. I mean, he's just a <laughs> terrifying-looking human being. It's like those Terry Crews commercials. Kind I mean, kind And he's, like, 20 years old. And you're just staring at him going, like, no way. I mean, 
I don't know if he's any good at hockey, right. <laughs> um, but he's strong. His I mean, he stats scored, look good. He scored. I mean, his stats, stats last good, year, yeah. But he was an old. He was an overage player playing against a lot of like 15, 16, 17 year old kids. And like I said, he's he's a truck. He's I mean, it's beast, ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. if he didn't have forty one goals, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, but I'm hoping he winds up in Ontario and yeah. uh, and and pummels. The, right, uh, really makes the name the goal. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he sees ice time this year? Not for the Kings. Right. I mean, never say never, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect to see him crack the lineup for the Kings. Right. We I, saw. I mean, we saw a lot of people come in this year just as we're yeah. as we're trying to feel um, kind of our future out, and uh, and I, I like to see what the lineup looks like this year, and and how we're going to utilize the the rain to you know continue their their drive in the league and and build more kings players what do we think just off the cuff what do we think his actual ceiling is ibama bokanji ibama yeah um i don't know second liner i guess all right i'd like to see him as like a a more skilled replacement for someone like nolan or king cuz he is that type of guy that that will fight who will stand up for you maybe some of that stuff we're, we're missing this year but maybe with a little bit more skill with his hopefully what's his speed like that i don't know i tried so hard to find highlight clips yeah of him not fighting I, oh god <laughs> yeah, the only things i found was was him fighting no, i didn't put see him state. into youtube and it's like just imama destroys you know a tin can <laughs> imama versus you know other yeah, guy imama is suspended for destroying this guy there's one clip that's about 20 or, or video that's about 20 minutes long that sprinkled into it has a few clips of him scoring but it's just like the tail end of the play it's not you know like extended clips of him playing um I mean, they acquired him for a reason, right? And the King scouting staff has been pretty good. So they need more grit. I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I don't. I, mean, I feel like the last, I feel like ever don't get since me started. Uh, that's Jordan's word. By oh the way. yeah, yeah. yeah we need Jordan. more grit. I feel like ever since they got rid of Ratis Ivanons, they've had a pretty good handle on what kind of player. Oh, I loved him. Gets it done. Yeah, I loved him. That was he had one job. That was yeah. it. He couldn't do anything else. <laughs> it was great. Now, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he moves. Um, uh, a, a skater or an athlete like that um, can probably put some uh, dust behind him. So I hope to see I hope to see quicker skating on our team. Um, you know, getting some movement. I don't think we have slow people on our team. I think it's just they haven't – just the system itself, you know, lends to a slower pace of play. It's a grinding yeah. pace. People like Pearson, people like Toffoli. I mean, even Kopitar for, for his size, he, he's a pretty quick skater, I think. And I think if we kind of let the reins loose on some of these guys, which I think that's the plan is, I think we're going to see some Yeah, Carter's results. one of the fastest guys in the league. Deceptively fast because he doesn't look like right. he's moving and he's down the ice. Yeah. I do want to address what you said about Jordan Nolan, though. Uh-oh. You Bones implied that maybe Jordan Nolan wasn't highly skilled. I said uh, he may, may be a more skilled. I think Nolan. Jordan Nolan is very skilled. All right. And I think the line of Clifford, Dowd, and Nolan at the end of the season when nobody had anything to play for anymore was one of their better lines. And moving forward next year, if that is their fourth line, that's aces in my book. I mean, I'm... No, I like that line. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that line. And, and I like Clifford on the board, so... Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a nice, gritty line <laughs> that... Uh, well, plus that, you and Clifford have the same hairline, so you probably like him a lot. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Same hey now. <laughs> Same <Samesies. laughs> All right, so who's excited about the new assistant coach? Woo! 
Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave Lowry's coming on. I I kind of like what what they're doing here because it seems like they're they're going out and finding uh, more player friendly coaches. Yeah. Kind of going a little bit different philosophy from Sutter, but still coaches that hold the team accountable. Well, and even Stevenson himself said from day one he was an X's and O guy, and just recently within the past five years he's he's realized there's more to it than that. There, you need to be a player's coach, and I think bringing in Dave kind of more you know amplifies that as well too. He played over a thousand games, so I mean yeah. he knows what he would want as a coach, and and I think being able to relate when you have that many seasons behind you uh, makes a big difference. Uh, so. I Plus, like he comes move. from a team called the Royals, so he's already got, you know, the... He's <laughs> already in the fold. <laughs> the Royal bloodline. I don't know. That was, that was a reach. I'm sorry. I'll go yeah, with it. I'll go with it. Yeah. No, but I mean, he, he is, and I think he fits in the philosophy of how we're moving forward. And Well, with that philosophy, like what I'm kind of seeing, like with the, the player-friendly coaches trying to make happier players, you know, this is, kind of, I think, the idea behind it, uh, getting a young play-by-play announcer, like it seems like they're they're trying to inject energy into the team. That's like kind of like a worldly view of it, but that's what I'm seeing, and I kind of like that. Rather than the more serious, like we're playing this super gritty hockey, like they're trying to, you know, increase scoring, be a little bit faster, be smarter about where yeah. they're taking shots from. Like just everything is like seems to be injecting energy. I think too, like on that point, I they've brought in a lot of people to the organization or promoted people within the actual organization itself who've been former players themselves. And so they're gonna get the players, you know, and 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 what they're also, you know, going through and whatnot. I mean, there's obviously a concern with that was like, oh well, Gretzky was the best player of all time. He was a shit coach. But I think that's one thing that you can take that with a grain of salt. But I like that they're doing that and it's not just, you know, well, this guy's done this for so many years and as a coach and maybe he didn't play. I think you see a good balance of yeah. the the player side of it, how we need to move forward and and be in forward thinking, but some of the money ball side of it too, where we're gonna look at what we haven't done in the past and and I think everybody has an opus on its view of of how we have to be as a team. Like Well and the fact that they've even mentioned the words analytics I think is a big plus as well too. Huge, yeah. I mean you can't you can't know how to move forward if you don't know how you were in the past. Yeah. So I mean, you, you. I think there's a. I think there's a good, honest, uh, honest view of how we. And I thought we had it last year with the way that Lombardi was talking about uh, the team and how we're going to strip it down. And I love that boot camp style of like, listen, take away what we've done and and don't expect to have these things happen because we've been great in the past. That means shit this year. Yeah. Like there's no momentum you can carry from season to season. So. Um, we figure out what our pieces are this year. We put them together, and we figure out how we can best utilize those pieces to to win a cup. Boom. Um, <clears throat> I'm not not excited. Um, from my perspective, the team isn't really as far off course as people talk about it. I don't think they are either. No, and, not at all. And so from my perspective, they've got a great organization. They've got a great decision-making process. And so they – if they think John Stevens is the right head coach and they think Dave Lowry is the right assistant coach, at this point, I'm on board. I can't imagine. It takes a really special assistant coach to be able to ruin something right, that, something, right, something right. that would be otherwise be fine. Right, yeah. Compon? Um, oh. Well, two-time Stanley Cup winner Jamie Compon is, yeah. is my point, right? Like, even John Van Boxmere, people were, you know, fire John Van Boxmere. It's like, all right, well, 
you know, he didn't like submarine the team on his own. Like you just wanted him to be better. So I, I have all the faith in the world in Dave Lowry. Um, but more than that, I have faith in the in the direction. Like Lombardi came in and I think finally tuned a lot of elements, but the organization was already headed in the right direction before Lombardi. Like bringing in Lombardi was a sign of the organization heading in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? And then he came in and and gave it a, a clearer identity in his mold, and obviously now it'll be slightly different. But but overall, the organization is clearly well run, and it's been my contention for years that the teams that are successful are teams that are well run as an organization. Stars come and go, coaches come and go, but it's you know like whether freaking Chicago every year they. Different guys in and out. They're, right. they're always competitive. Or the Detroit Red Wings. You know, obviously they missed the playoffs this year, this but year. for 25 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a hell of a run. Yeah. And, and I think for us, too, take this year out of the equation because this year really was a, a year that we had unprecedented changes that we just kind of dealt with, like you talked about before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, we made the best of it. We made a pretty good... <laughs> Pretty good run yeah. at a year, but take this year out of it because last last year really didn't identify who we were as a team in 2016-2017. I mean, they've had to they've been in transition. I mean, mistakes like I get like I understand I understand why they've made the moves that they've made. You know, it's a results oriented business, and so changes have to be made. But you look at the Penguins. You know, they go to back to back finals in 2000 and. Eight and two thousand nine, then they go seven years. Do my math real quick in my head, uh, and now they're in back to back finals again. Now, in between them going to back to back finals, Crosby was hurt. Who knows? Are they better without Crosby? Is Malkin better than Crosby? We're going to bring in Aginla. We're going to bring in Morrow. We're going to, you know, they try. You know, every year there was some gimmick or trick that they played and. Ultimately, they are now where they are by sticking with the core and and reloading. And, yeah, it might take seven years. But, I mean, I've always said if three years from now, Kopitar will be, what, 32? Carter will be 35. Pearson and Toffoli will be 27. Dowdy will be 30. Quick will be in his mid-30s. There's no reason any of those guys should age out. Now, it could happen, right? Like, you never know. Some players just hit a wall. But there's no reason that that core can't be supplemented with Johnny Brzezinski, Adrian Kempe, Paul Ledoux, Kevin Gravel, whoever, you know, guys they've drafted that, you know, that they'll draft this year and next year, the year after that, right. that we don't Three even or know four about. years later. Right. You know. Or you've got Mike Amadio, you know, uh, Justin Auger, Jack Campbell, who knows? Maybe, Dust, you know, maybe uh, Emu figures out how to turn him back into a. A top goal team prospect. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. So the assistant coach, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like you said, as long as everybody in the organization is on the right page and and is on board with this new subtle identity shift, I think it'll all work out fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, quick take: Who's winning the Stanley Cup after last night's game? I, I At think time the- of recording, um, Penguins are up two to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to go on record saying that I called that score um, of five to one in the last game about twenty four hours ahead of time. So I'm pat myself on the back. There we go. <laughs> glad, glad we got that recorded. Yeah. Oh right. wait, we didn't. Yeah. Never mind. Ah oh, shit. <laughs> Editing. Um, 
I, you know what that that, that was a that was a game ch- a series changing game that we watched. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think if you thought the Penguins would run away with it, you might want to take those words back because. You know what? People make it to the Stanley Cup Finals because they've got what it takes to be there. And it's it's one of those things where you don't, you know, you see sometimes in football, some people make it through into the Super Bowl and they don't belong there. Mm-hmm. But in the NHL, you never you never see that. Like no. some, And you make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, you deserve to be there. And it's going to be a good series. I, I stand by it. I stand by it. You deserve to be there. Um, Unless you're the Sharks. The Sharks gonna, last year, they disagree. deserve to be there. I'm going to disagree with you. Do it, please do. But <laughs> I, I think the Sharks had a great year last year. I hate them, but I'll take it. Uh, and the Penguins did what they needed to do to to make the world right again, um, because they should never win. But <laughs> you know, if you let them go to the dance every once in a while, every girl deserves a dance. I think the Predators do deserve to be in the Stanley Cup Final, but I disagree with the notion that teams make it to the Stanley Cup Final because they deserve to be there. Teams make it to the Stanley Cup Final because somebody has to be there. Right, it's not like a platinum record where you have to accomplish a certain thing before you're awarded it. Like they set up eight teams, and somebody's got to be there. You have to endure. Sure, but no matter how, right? Like you could have the Stanley Cup playoffs be eight NHL teams versus eight ECHL teams, and there'd be an ECHL team in the Stanley Cup final, and it wouldn't be because they deserved it. It would just be because. That's how the system is set up. So, like, I don't think the New Jersey Devils in 2012 deserve to be in the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Like, call me crazy. <laughs> call me crazy. You come out but, of the West, though. I think, I, and and you're in the Stanley Cup final. I think you've earned that. I think the Preds definitely do. I just, I, I just think they're going to lose. I just you think, do? yeah. How many games? I think they win one more. Wow. At home or away. I don't know. I think they win game four. I don't even think there's a question in my mind. Um, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will we? It's <laughs> <our recording. laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I really think they win game four. This is a home series uh, series, and um, they they tend to play well, except against us, but tend to play well at <laughs> home. Yeah, I, the, the way that the Penguins reacted – to what happened last night, I think shows a lot about that team, though. It, they just started gooning it up, mm-hmm. which is just I, – I didn't expect that from them. It's, it's, uh, and, and that's not their team either. That's yeah, a, so that's it's the like wrong reaction. They, they kind of like fell apart there. They kind of lost themselves a little bit. So I think maybe – Yeah, but that's also the beauty of their skin. A seven-game series is you can take a step back and take a deep breath. And it's, it's about how the Penguins or – the Predators, for that matter, reacted to going down to nothing. You know, it's 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 there's still a lot of story to be told. Uh, I think with this series, and it's I find it be pretty interesting. I find it interesting that almost every series has had a blowout game. Yeah, it's bound it's bound to happen. It's a long it's a long yeah, track. But, but I agree, Jesse. At some point, I think six or seven games. This is this is what we're going to see. I really think it goes seven. I mean, um, to be fair, I picked Pittsburgh in my bracket, so I'm. <laughs> you're loving life right I'm rooting, now. <laughs> I'm rooting for my own self interest. You should so. have been in ours. You would have won. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, actually, we do need to step on our uh, touch that. Oh yeah, we do, uh, have, we a do have a winner. Uh, Nadia hasn't hit us up on. Uh oh. 
Twitter. Well, yet, you're so. listening, so hit us up. We've got a prize pack for you. I'd like to send it out to you. So, congratulations, you beat me. Damn it. <laughs> Where would you finish? Oh, wait, let's not go there. All right. I had Washington, so. Hey, you know what? I think everybody has their year, and and I just thought, you know what? They're going to break their curse, and it's going to happen this year. No, sir. That's not a curse. That's just – I don't know if you guys saw – Those are um, facts. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve it. I don't know if you guys saw Slava Malamud's, like, 30-tweet – diatribe against the capitals uh but if i could co-sign it like i would 100 uh, <laughs> percent. he just went i mean he just went nuts and he basically said everything that i've everybody thinks i hate alex ovechkin i don't hate alex ovechkin i think their team is fundamentally flawed is that the one where he like kind of went off on how uh, ovechkin's not a winner yeah okay i did read that and i don't i don't agree with him like i don't believe in winners and losers like you can uh-huh. see with Phil Castle right he was he wasn't a winner until he became the fourth best player on his team and all of a sudden he's a winner it's like no right. there's nothing to do with being a winner or loser yeah. it just has to do with whether or not you're the fourth best player or the first best player you see with Jeff Carter right Jeff Carter Jeff Carter and Mike Richards couldn't win a Stanley Cup until they came to LA and were the fourth and fifth most important players on the Kings mm-hmm. and they won two take um, all that pressure off well it's just about how you construct your team mm-hmm. um I don't even know if it necessarily has to do with pressure. And Ovechkin is – I've probably complained about this way too many times <laughs> on my own podcast. But this, Not on part, ours. but this is part of the reason I think Pittsburgh ultimately will win. Ovechkin takes so many shots that it actually feeds – it actually steals shots from his line mates. And his shooting percentage isn't any better than anybody else on the team. So everybody can talk about how he's the greatest goal scorer of his generation. Meanwhile, if you stack up his shots on goal with his line mates over the breadth of his career, and then you compare it to every other like one-two pairing of other players, and it's absurd. Like if it was basketball, he would be loathed. He would be Stephon Marbury, Allen Iverson. Shaq. And well, I, don't, I mean, it's Shack a little different. It's not free throws. <laughs> yeah. right. Shaq in the line. <laughs> but I mean, like, he would be considered a ball hog who never made it out of the second round. He'd be Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, and Stephon Marbury. Mm-hmm. But it's hockey. And like I said earlier, we have this premium mindset on, that goals are the most important thing. Um, and so until they, that's basically what Mullen said, like, until they start playing fundamentally differently, they're just, it's not. It's not that he's not a winner. It's that you're not playing right. <laughs> You've built your team wrong. Well, they've got an opportunity to change that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is happening. <laughs> well, and and I think they should send him to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you see Oshie there's, there's been a lot of talk about Ovechkin going to Vegas because it makes a lot of sense. It does, yeah. A, a lot of PR sense for Vegas is they're going to have that name. Oh, absolutely. They I seem think it to makes have the cap capital. space, too. Oh, the, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. Cap space 70 million caps. of cap space. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it makes the Capitals better. I think it makes the league better. It obviously makes Vegas better. If I was the commissioner, I'd almost force it to happen. I'm almost, <laughs> right, right. almost step in and be like, for the good of the league, right, right. you have to do this. You'll probably be a better team without him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I when they people said that Kovalchuk was coming back, my instant thought was Kovalchuk to Washington, uh, Picks to New Jersey, Ovechkin to Vegas, and then a player to be named later back to Washington. Mm-hmm. And that just to me makes the most amount of sense. But Dustin yeah. Brown. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he helps their cap situation any better. No. But, but I mean, if you could get back two players 
that collectively were seven million dollars against the cap from Vegas. You know, like if you get back a third line forward and a second pair of D, because they're going to be flush with players. Mm. You're saving three million dollars in your cap space if you're Washington. You're getting Ovechkin light in Kovalchuk for that three million dollar window, and then you've got two more. I don't know. It's just this is all I do is sit around and think about. <laughs> Well, they got a ton of they got a ton of people to sign too, so I mean they got to figure out money quick. Yeah, and ten and and for ten million dollars a year, you're just not getting your money's worth with Alexander Ovechkin. Maybe you do in in t-shirt sales, and PR, yeah, and, yeah, and money. ticket sales and everything, and I get that, but I don't uh, I don't get any of that money, so I don't care, <laughs> I don't care right, about right. that part. It's about the game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. James, you you got one more thing, right? Well, we turn the page. It's June seventeenth. So say hello to who's it? Chelsea. 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 That, that's also in Long Beach too. Yeah, just, just so you know, that's right off of uh, Naples Island. Uh, that is actually the Miami Police Department in Dexter. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> Outstanding. So. so Long Beach shot. Careful, <laughs> local James. I, I said Naples, not nipples. I, I almost said that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Jesse. Thank you for coming in. Hey, Absolutely. Love having you in. It was great. It was great. We'll Apologize for sometime. talking so long. No, no. no, no we much. love to talk Kings yeah. and hockey. So Yeah. And now that we're only doing this about once a month, it's like, it's great. Oh, my God. We love Until the season starts. Yeah, we got some good stuff coming up in the season. So Yeah. We got draft coming up. We got... Well, and just in-season shows are going to be... We got some ideas on some on some things, segments we're going to do, so... Tune in. Good to hear. Good to hear, because I have none. So I'm glad you're on it, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not the idea guy, Dennis. I know. I'm, just, I'm the guy that just talks in the beginning and the end. <laughs> anyway, remember to review, share, and subscribe to the show. Uh, that stuff really helps us out, by the way. So definitely appreciate it when you do that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GISKingShow. Uh, visit us at guysandshorts.com. You can buy merch there. Jessica, we're not doing lace shorts. I'm sorry. No lace shorts. Nope. Not not going to happen. But thanks no, for the uh, thanks no for the rompers. Yeah, thanks no. for the uh, suggestion. Yeah, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> uh, also, be sure to listen to the Guys and Shorts flagship show, the Guys and Shorts Sports Los Angeles. Uh, ben has been on a roll lately. Uh, if you guys don't listen to them, you got to at least listen to the past couple episodes. Ben has been great. He's kind of been my favorite lately. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's on one. Love it. Good stuff over there. So, uh, Jesse, how can people reach you? They probably already know, but... Yeah, you know, you can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Premium, uh, anywhere quality podcasts are harvested, uh, dog catcher, etc. Um, or you can just go to lakings.com slash podcast. So official. And, uh, well, we are the official podcast yeah. of the Los Angeles Kings. Love I'm sorry, it. the LA Kings. Um <laughs> I got to change the intro to my own show. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me, or on Twitter, or on Instagram, or Facebook, or Snapchat, or Tinder. Uh, Kingsmen podcast across all social media platforms. Grinder? No. Did, 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 and the Tinder thing was a joke. Tinder? To be clear, because uh, we need to get on that, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll do it. I jokingly created on all the Kingsmen Tinder page, like just one, one day, like, oh, this will be funny, and then started, and I was just like, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, just like, and then I started getting matches, and then I instantly started feeling bad, like, like uh, oh no, like what do I? I didn't think this through at all, so I deleted the account. So, <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs>
All right, well, thanks again, Jesse. So for James Whitlock, Jordan Heckman, Jesse Cohen, I am Dennis Wilson saying, Go Kings, go! Go Kings, go! Go Kings, go! Go, Kings, go.